0: We're going to dive right in because uh, I got a lot to say this morning. If you'll turn to the book of Matthew in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one out of the pew in front of you. Turn to the book of Matthew, to the Gospel of Matthew, and that's where we're going to be. We have a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, We're going to start in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Matthew chapter 4, and today we are talking about helping people follow Jesus. And we're going to unpack this concept for about the next half hour um, of what it means to help people follow Jesus. Uh, And then at the end of this message, I'm going to reveal a brand new thing. I got a brand new thing we're going to I'm going to reveal to you at the end of this message. Uh, So grab your bulletin as well. Uh, If you should have gotten a bulletin on your way in this morning, uh, turn to page three to the handy dandy outline. We do that every week. Uh, There's a lot of blanks on there. You'll see so we're gonna have a lot to fill in and I know what you're thinking dude The Bears game starts in 25 minutes. I got news for you all right, you're going to be here for a little bit this morning because we got we, not only or do we have the message still to go But we have a baptism this morning. I'm very excited about that God is moving and working and doing awesome things and uh, he's using gscc to help people follow jesus And that's what we're talking about today So get ready to fill in some blanks. The very first blank on your outline is jesus called his disciples to follow him Jesus called his disciples to follow him and uh, we're here in Matthew's Gospel and there are two instances where Jesus calls people to follow him where the people answer in the affirmative. Um, Jesus called people to follow him and they did. But there's also a story where Jesus called someone to follow him and they refused. And so we're going to talk about these three instances for just a moment. Um, look at Matthew 4:18 through 22, the calling of Jesus' first disciples. Verse 18 says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat, And their father, and they followed him. So you've got uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, uh, who were all fishermen. And you know, Peter and Andrew were fishermen. That's what they did. That's how they made a living. That's how they made ends meet. They went out on the Sea of Galilee and they fished. And they brought their fish in every single day. And they sold the fish. They ate the fish. Uh, That was how they fed their loved ones. And that's how they made ends meet. They were fishermen. And Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they didn't think about it. They didn't even hesitate. They dropped their nets and they started to follow Jesus right away. They instantly followed Jesus. Didn't have to think about it. James and John, sons of Zebedee, same way. They were fishermen as well. And Jesus said, follow me. And they dropped their nets. They left their their boats. They left the fish. They left their father. They left the nets behind. And they went and they followed Jesus. That's what they were called to do. I mean, they were fishermen uh, with their father. This was the family business. They were expected to take over the family business uh, when uh, their father died. But don't, nope, Jesus said, follow me. They left the nets behind and they went ahead and they started following Jesus. Now, if you look in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to look at the uh, story of, of how Jesus called Matthew the tax collector. Matthew chapter 9, we're just going to look at verse 9. And this is another time when Jesus goes to call a disciple. He says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Again, he got up and he started to follow Jesus. Um, there's one more story I want to look at. And that's in Matthew 9:19, 9, verses 16 through 22. And this is another story where someone was called to follow Jesus. Matthew 19, 16 through 22. And this man does not respond in the affirmative. It says, Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life and obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So there's two things that happen when Jesus calls people to follow him. The first is with Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and Matthew. He calls them to follow him, and they leave everything behind. That's the next blank on your outline. Leave everything behind. Like I said, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they were all fishermen, and they left the family business behind. They left their way of life behind. They left it all behind in order to follow Jesus. Matthew was the same way, sitting at the tax collector's booth. He had a pretty lucrative job, uh, even though he was despised by those around him. Uh, it was a small price to pay considering he could cheat people out of their taxes. He could, uh, he may not have been very, uh, highly esteemed, but at the same time, uh, he was making a pretty good living and Jesus comes along and says, follow me. And Matthew gets up and he leaves the tax collector's booth. He leaves his job and he starts to follow Jesus. He left everything behind. Peter and Andrew left everything behind. James and John left the father, left the fish, left the boats. They left everything behind to follow Jesus. But that other guy in Matthew 19, the rich young ruler, what about him? He couldn't do it. He couldn't leave everything behind in order to follow Jesus. Jesus said, sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And when Jesus said, follow me, the man said no. He went away very sad, it said. Instead of following Jesus, he went the other way. Because he couldn't give up everything that Jesus asked him to give up. He couldn't give up everything in order to follow Jesus. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. This man could not. And why did they do that? Why were they willing to give up everything in order to follow Jesus? Because they knew that he was going to lead them on an adventure. And that's the next place, next blank on your outline, is to go on an adventure. Jesus has an adventure for them, and one that they would never forget. They were going to go on an adventure, because to follow Jesus means to go on the adventure of a lifetime. To go where he goes. They were going to go where he went, they were going to do what he did, they were going to say what he said. When Jesus calls you to follow him, he is not calling you to some humdrum kind of life. He's not calling you to a same old, same old kind of existence. How many of you have ever said that before? Somebody asks you, hey, how's it going? You said, uh, ah, same old, same old. Right? Or same stuff, different day. Hope you say it that way. Yeah. Same stuff, different day. Same old, same old. No big deal. Life's kind of eh, you know, meh, boring. Jesus did not call us to a a meh kind of life. He did not call us to a a boring kind of life, a a humdrum kind of life. Jesus calls us to go on an adventure with him, to go on the adventure of a lifetime with him. You know, uh, you think about Matthew and Peter, James and John and and Andrew, and you think about the disciples and, and the apostles and the lives that they lived, the apostle Paul there in the book of Acts. You know, Jesus calls us to go on this adventure, an adventure of love, uh, an adventure of grace, an adventure of power. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it? Absolutely to go on an adventure with Jesus. You look at the book of Acts and and the apostles and the people in the book of Acts and and the adventure that they lived and and they healed the sick and they raised the dead and they preached the gospel and they baptized people and and lives were transformed and lives were changed. In the book of Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people added to the church on one day. 3,000 people baptized in one day. How awesome is that? That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the power of the adventure that we go on when we go on this adventure with Jesus. And how did it start? By leaving everything behind. They left everything behind in order to follow Jesus. They changed the world. They changed the world. And how did they do that? They followed Jesus. I believe that God wants to do the same thing in our world today. I believe that Jesus wants us to go on an adventure with Him today. That He does not lead us to a boring kind of life, but He leads us to an abundant kind of life. So, what about you? What about me? Are we willing to leave everything behind in order to follow Jesus? Are we willing to leave our sin behind in order to follow him more closely? Are we willing to leave our past behind in order to follow Jesus? Are we willing to leave our job behind if Jesus called you to give up your job in order to go to the mission field or to go into ministry, would you be willing to give up everything to follow Jesus to do what he tells you to do? Are you willing to leave your habits behind or your addictions behind or your sinfulness behind in order to follow Jesus? Are you willing to leave that relationship behind the one that you know isn't good for you the one that you know uh, Is pulling you farther away from Jesus? Are you willing to leave that relationship behind that is pulling you farther away from him? What is Jesus calling you to do to follow him better? What is Jesus calling you to do to be a better follower and to be a better disciple of, of him? What is he calling you to do? You know what it is. I know what mine is I know what he's calling me to do, I, and you know what he's calling you to do. There's something in your life that he's whispering to you. It may be right now, whispering to you and saying, you know it's no good for you. Give it up, leave it behind, and follow me. The next blank on your outline. Jesus calls us to follow him. And that's what he calls us to do, is to follow him. That is what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower. A uh, Turn back to Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew 16, verse 24 is is the next verse we're going to look at. Matthew 16, 24. Another verse about following Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you want to come after Jesus, in other words, if you want to go where he's going, then you've got to do three steps. There's three steps to coming after Jesus. And if you want to go where Jesus is going, and I think that you do, I know I do, because Jesus went to heaven, and that's where I want to be. And so if that's where you want to be, if you want to come after Jesus, you've got three steps to take. The first step, next blank on your outline, the first step to take is to deny yourself. To deny yourself. That means giving up self-motivated ambitions and desires and laying everything at the foot of the cross. Laying everything down to follow Jesus. Jesus. Your sins, your habits, your addictions, your selfishness, your self-centeredness, your self-righteousness, your pride, anything that is pulling you back, that is keeping you from following Jesus must be denied. Whatever is keeping you from following Christ must be denied. If something is keeping you from doing his will, it has to be denied. If something is keeping you from following him, it has to be denied. It could be personal preferences. It may be, well, I don't want to do things Jesus' way. I want to do things my way. It has to be denied because it's either Jesus' way or no way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We must do His will. And if there's anything that is keeping us from doing His will, it must be denied. Pride and selfishness that keeps us from serving Him and serving others and and serving wholeheartedly and loving Him wholeheartedly, anything that is keeping us from Jesus and following Him has to be done away with. The second step that we need to take in the next blank on your outline is to take up your cross. To take up your cross. This is a daily call to death a daily call to dying to yourself, to deny yourself and to die to yourself. Because the cross is a place of death. It is not a place of comfort and it is not a place of convenience. I was reading in a commentary this week studying for this sermon and he, and the commentator said that the cross is not a place of convenience. It is a place that we put to death anything that keeps us from following Jesus. You do not look to the cross for comfort or convenience. It is more than just a piece of jewelry. It's more than just something we hang up in a church building or hang up on our wall. The cross is a place of death. It is a place where we are called to commitment. Because when you take up your cross, you are committing to following Jesus. And commitment is something that we don't see a lot of in our world today, do we? I was telling the people in the first service that I'm, 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 kind, of a, I'm, I'm kind of a Notre Dame fan. In that, I'm I'm kind of a human being. Uh, I'm a a huge Notre Dame fan, and and in fact, I I follow them like uh, almost to the point of um, uh, of obsession. Okay, I'll 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 admit it. I'll I'll, I'll admit it. I'll own it. Um, I love Notre Dame football. In fact, to the point where um, I have not sat down during a Notre Dame football game that I've been watching in four years. Uh, It's it's almost like the pacing that I do is almost a workout. I I almost it's almost like exercise Almost like exercise. I have to be very careful during notre dame games because they're on saturdays And if I yell too much, I can't preach on sunday morning. So i'm taking up my cross no, no It's sad and, and it's it's pretty pathetic. But anyway, um, I I follow it to the point where I um I I I follow recruiting Like the players that are coming to Notre Dame, uh, uh, there is too much of my life, I'll admit this, too much of my life is invested uh, in the decisions of 17-year-old high school boys. And I know that sounds weird, but like I really care where five-star athletes are going to play football in college, and and to the point where it's like sad. Anyway, um, uh, but these kids, what they'll do is they'll make a commitment. They'll say, they'll make a verbal commitment. I am going to play football at Notre Dame. And I get really excited, yes! Oh, he's going to be awesome, he's, gonna be, he's a great running back, he's going to run all over Michigan. <laughs> oh yeah! But, um, and then, and then something will happen. Kid won't have enough attention paid to him, kid will get cold feet, it's too far from home, and he will decommit. And he will not commit, he will, re- re- uh, he will revoke his commitment to Notre Dame. And, and I get sad. Again, it's, it's, it's very pathetic. Um, but he will, he will re- re- revoke his commitment to Notre Dame. He will decommit. And you know what? He's a 17-year-old kid. He can do whatever he wants. He's a kid. Kids change their minds all the time. The point is, is that it's not just kids who don't keep their commitments. It's adults who don't keep their commitments. It's Christians who don't keep their commitments. It's spouses who don't keep their commitments. It's parents who don't keep their commitments. And it's followers of Jesus who say, I've had enough, I can't take this anymore, and I'm not committed anymore to Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to full-out commitment to Him. When you take up your cross... And they nail your feet and hands to it. There's no climbing down. You can't climb down. When you are committed to Jesus. When you are committed to following him. It's all the way baby. It's 100% every day all the time. We are called not to comfort. We are called not to convenience. We are called to the cross. To take up our own instrument of execution every single day. That's what a disciple does. That's what a follower does and the definition of a disciple is a follower a follower of Jesus disciples follow Jesus and that's the next blank on your outline to follow Jesus And when Jesus calls us to follow him, he calls us to go wherever he leads us to service. He calls us to sacrifice Why? Because that's what Jesus did Jesus served others, and He sacrificed His life on the cross. He suffered for our sins. He suffered and He died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have salvation. And if we put, if we, when we put our faith in Him, we put our trust in Him by believing in Him and repenting from sin, confessing Him as Lord, and, and being baptized. We are saved. We get to go to heaven. How awesome is that? And it's where we really want to be. And we can go with Him because jesus knows the way because jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through him he is the only way to be saved and you know what people don't want to hear that they don't like the sound of that i don't want to believe that jesus is the only way Well, what if there are many ways that lead to god or many paths that lead to heaven jesus said i am the way there is only one way that leads to heaven and that is through jesus christ you cannot be saved by uh, believing in Buddha. You cannot be saved by trusting in Muhammad. You cannot, be, you cannot be saved by believing in yourself. You can only be saved by believing in Jesus Christ and trusting in his saving uh, death and resurrection. He is the only way to be saved, is to follow Jesus. The next point on your outline is Jesus calls everyone to follow him last passage of scripture we're going to look at is in matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty It says Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Did you hear what Jesus said? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. In other words, Jesus is in charge. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the master and ruler of the universe. What Jesus says, goes. What Jesus says to do, we do. So when he says that we need to make disciples, make followers of all nations, he means it. And that's the next blank on your outline, is to make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. We are literally to help people follow Jesus. And how do we do that? Two things. next blank on your outline is baptize them. We are called to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus commanded that everyone everywhere, that all nations and all means what? All. All means all. All nations be baptized. And the Greek word for baptism is the word uh, baptizo. And it literally means to immerse or to submerge or to plunge. It's a washing word. It's a word that describes washing dishes. And that's why we baptize by immersion here. Because the Greek word literally means to immerse. That's how they did it in Jesus's day when Jesus was baptized. He was immersed when the Apostle Paul was baptized He was immersed every baptism in the book of of Acts every baptism in the Bible is done by immersion And that's why we do it here. That's why we do it the same way And if you haven't been baptized by immersion, you need to be baptized You need if you believe in Jesus and you haven't been baptized. What are you waiting for? Why haven't you been baptized yet? What are you you can come today? We have warm clothes. We have warm water And you can uh, we have towels and, and hair dryers and and all kinds of stuff for you to get ready and you can be baptized today You can do that today the Bears game. It won't wait, but you know what they're gonna lose anyway or they may win. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. we got people who need to hear about the gospel. we got people who need to believe in Jesus and be baptized. And, and if, you, uh, if, if you're serious about following Jesus, you will be excited about the fact that we got people coming to be baptized today. And if today is your day, then make today the day. Come forward at the end of the sermon and be baptized. Experience the washing away of your sins by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The final blank. On your outline is to disciple them we are part of a multiplication movement We are part of a multiplication movement Christians are the first cloners We are to clone ourselves we who are disciples of jesus We who are followers of jesus are to make other people into disciples and followers of jesus We clone ourselves we make people what we are and that's what we're called to do And when we come to the point where we get baptized the baptism is not a finish line it is a starting line. It is the place where you start. Everything leading up to that point is race preparation. Everything to that point is training and preparation. But when you get to that point of baptism, and you, that's your starting line. And you begin to run a race that, you will, that will never end. You run an eternal race that will, that will uh, the finish line is heaven. And you will live there forever and ever and ever. Now is the time to begin following Jesus. Today is your starting line. And I tell you what, it's not easy. It will mean sacrifice. It will mean being uncomfortable. It will mean dying to yourself every day. It will mean dying to your sins every day. It will mean attacks of the enemy. It will mean that your friends may not like you much anymore. The people you hang out with now may look at you and go, What are you, some kind of Jesus freak now? It may happen. But you know what? It also means that God is going to be with you through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. It means that your sins will be forgiven and washed away. It means that you will spend eternity in heaven. It means that God will protect you from the evil one. It means that you will have a church family who will love you and accept you and welcome you every Sunday. Every time the doors are open, you are welcome here. This is your family, and we love you like family, at least like family should. We love you unconditionally. And that's what we do here. It means that nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is yours in Jesus Christ. It means that you will have love and you will have joy and you will have peace and you will have hope. It means that you will have life with an eternal purpose. An eternal purpose. And you may be wondering, well, what is that eternal purpose? Very simply, four words. The purpose is helping people follow Jesus. Helping people follow. Follow Jesus. Now, I'm making an announcement. I'm very excited to announce to you right now that this is our new mission statement. And you're thinking, whoa, what? For seven years, it's been love God, love others, spread the gospel. No more. I talked to the elders about this a few months ago. We started praying about it and thinking about it and talking about it. And we have come to the point where we believe that these four words sum up what we want to do as a church. We want to help people follow Jesus. It is a, this new mission statement is a combination of our, two, uh, our, our vision statement and our mission statement. And we boil it down into four words. Our new mission statement is helping people follow Jesus. Can you say that with me? Helping people follow Jesus. See, it's so easy. It's so easy, right? Our previous mission statement of help, making disciples who love God, love others, and spread the gospel, uh, goes, it, it, it's summed up right here um into helping people follow jesus and it combines those two concepts of making disciples and loving god loving others and spreading the gospel it combines them into one easy to remember statement so if somebody comes up to you and says where do you go to church well i go to griffith first christian church and what do you guys do there we help people follow jesus because that's what we're all about is we want to help people follow jesus that is our new mission statement so um if you can i'm trusting okay here's the other thing Here, here's one more thing we're going to make one more change we're not going to repeat it on Sunday mornings, at the beginning of the sermon, that's for seven years, dude, we've been doing this, and now we're not going to do it anymore? No, we're not. Because I trust that you can memorize four words. I believe in you. I believe that you can memorize four words, helping people follow Jesus. Can you do that? Amen? Amen you can do that right so we're not going to repeat the mission statement anymore We're going to memorize these four words, but not just memorize these four words We're going to live these four words out every day because the purpose of our church and the purpose of your life Is the same helping people follow jesus And so it means that everything that we do as a church from here on out is going to be focused on these four words Helping people follow jesus if we're doing something as a church that isn't helping people follow jesus guess what? We're going to stop doing it. We're going to stop doing it if it's not helping people follow Jesus. We're going to stop doing it. It means that if uh, if you have an idea, if you come up with an idea and you say, you know what, I think that this will help people follow Jesus, I want to hear about it. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning. I want you to call. I want you to text me. <laughs> I want you to email me at two o'clock in the morning. Don't call me. No, you can call me. I don't care. It's all good. I want, you to, I want you to tell me your idea. Uh, if you got an idea that is going to help people follow Jesus, I want to hear about it. Because we want to do it. Because we want to do anything and everything we can to help people follow Jesus. We want to do a better job of committing ourselves to helping people follow Jesus. So my challenge for you this morning is to memorize this mission statement and to think about it in light of your life. Are you, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, are you helping people follow Jesus? Or is your life Pushing people further away from their Savior How are you going to get involved at GFCC? How are you going to get involved here So that you can help us accomplish our mission Of helping people follow Jesus We're going to work on this This is our goal This is our mission This is our purpose And we're going to uh, begin this uh, Starting today And in fact it starts Right now Let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you for uh, Just simple words That have such deep rich meaning Of of how you want us to to help people follow jesus because following jesus is the only way that gets us to heaven Following jesus is the only thing that gives us purpose in life And there are so many people who don't know jesus who will someday believe who will someday follow him If we will commit ourselves To partnering with you to help people follow jesus So I pray that you would capture our hearts and capture our souls and capture our minds that we would love you uh, with everything we have, and we would serve you with everything we have so that other people will follow Jesus. Help us to do that, Father God. And I thank you for this sermon. I thank you for this time together, and I thank you for this uh, opportunity now to invite people to follow Jesus. And I pray that you would stir in our hearts for those who have never accepted Jesus as Savior, that you'd stir in their hearts today to make him the Lord of their lives. We love you, and we thank you, in Jesus' name.